Hi. I'm Randy. And I'm Claire. And you're listening to Killer Vibes. A true crime podcast. (laughs) This is the last part of the Peggy Hetrick, Tim Masters story. Mm -hmm. Where we left off, we had just explained the appellate attorney's appeal and all of the stuff that they presented to the judge Mm -hmm. in an attempt to get Tim Masters a new trial. Rightfully get him a new trial. (laughs) And just a quick overview if you want to get detailed listen to part two but the three parts of their appeal was that there was exculpatory evidence that was illegally not handed over to the defense there was a new theory of the crime that made much more sense (laughs) so much more sense (laughs) and they had dna evidence that did not connect tim masters to the crime wow (laughs) those are very strong appeal very strong appeal pieces yes exactly all right So they present all of this to the judge Mm -hmm. and they they set a date for the hearing where they're going to get the answer and either put Tim back in jail or, you know, let him go or put him in jail while they get a new trial. Like there's so many options. Mm -hmm. There's so much that could have happened. I can't imagine how nervous they were going into that. Oh my gosh. I bet Tim was like freaking out. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, he. It's not going to get worse than what he was in the situation he was in. So I'm sure so he was right like, about that, yeah. whatever happens is fine. <laughs> so when Tim and his attorneys arrive at the courthouse to hear the judge's decision, the Tim's entire family is there. Like his, not just his parents and like, I don't know if he had siblings, but not just his immediate family, like his extended family. Oh like, my God. The courtroom was full of all of his supporters and that just really made me happy because I know I saw in one interview he was like, only one of my friends really stuck with me through all of this. And Angel. And so, and that makes sense because you're supposed to believe in the justice system. Like, if if Claire, if you got arrested for murder tomorrow, I should not, like, like want to be your <laughs> friend. You know, like, yeah. you there should be evidence connected to what you did. Absolutely. But there probably wasn't. In this case, wasn't, there I'm wasn't. Not a murderer. But yes, of course, you would never murder anyone. <laughs> Me and Tim, not but, murderers. <laughs> right. I'm just saying that, like, if someone gets arrested and put in jail, like, you should be able to, with confidence, not want to be that person's friend. Yeah, absolutely. Just because you should know for sure whether or not. Right. Unfortunately, that's usually not the case, no. especially not here. And there's so much prejudice already in this case, and it's so unfortunate to see that his, he had to lose friendships because of it as well. I know. I but blame But his family was there. Yeah. I and I feel like that's... Really, when the justice system isn't going to support you, you need a different support system. And so I'm glad that he had one. Me too. That's really heartening. And you know who else was there? Tell me. The DNA tester people from Amsterdam came. Oh, that's really sweet. Did they flew all the way out from Amsterdam to see this trial? Yes. Because they, I mean, I believe in humanity. They were like... They saved his life, honestly. Yeah, they did. I mean, they were instrumental in making sure that this appeal happened. So I would have flew him out. Yeah, Tim even went to Amsterdam uh, like later and did like an interview talk show with them. Oh, wow. So, That's really cool. Right. Um, You know who wasn't there? <laughs> I can guess. That was such an evil laugh. Sorry. Yes. Let me hear your guess. Okay, I'm pretty sure that Broderick was not in the courtroom that day. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> what a what a total asshole. I can't like it. What a total, total asshole. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the judge makes a decision after spending almost 10 years in prison 
ages 27 to 36 the and a half. Years. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Nine and a half years, almost 10. All of the charges against Tim Masters are dropped in 2008. Oh, thank God. Yay. Okay. That makes me feel better about all of it. Okay. And in 2011, he was exonerated of all, of, every, of everything. Yay. Okay. That's good. I like that. I know. Nice I mean, I think you knew Tim. that was coming, but whatever. Yes, but, you know. <laughs> the exoneration is just a cherry on top because... Now they're like, yeah, we aren't even looking into you anymore. Like, Mm -mm. it's not just charges are dropped. Like, go live your life. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You basically remove any sort of criminal record from your record, which is awesome. Right. It's awesome. And he now lives in Greeley, which, if you're not listening, from Fort Collins is just the town beside Fort Collins and is, well, not beside Fort Collins. It's like 40 minutes away but (laughs) close and he is doing really well by all accounts um but despite how well he is doing I'm still stuck on the fact that he missed out on so much in life and I don't think it was just those 10 years that he was in jail like since he was 15 years old and accidentally walked by a dead body which is something we could all have the potential to do absolutely his life has been over I mean even though he wasn't arrested for, like, more than 10 years after that, he's been the primary suspect in a murder case that a whole time. Like, can you sleep easy at night knowing that the next morning someone could come arrest you for something you didn't do? Absolutely. And, I mean, he not only was he, like, related to this murder case, it was a horrible murder. Like, it was violent and terrible, and he was 15, So I can only imagine what it was like for him sitting in a jail cell the whole time, like constantly reminding himself, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. And he never cracked. He never wavered. So I just feel so bad for him. I want to give him a hug. I know. It's okay. I'm sorry. The justice system failed you. It failed a lot of people. Right. And I do think it's really cool that he maintained his innocence the whole time because I know even if you just look at the amount of people who have been exonerated and who have had their convictions overturned a lot of them took you know like plea deals and absolutely and it's I'm sure it's very tempting when someone's like hey we're gonna convict you of murder and you're gonna spend the rest of your jail in life or you can your spend jail in 10 years your jail in life <laughs> um, your, your life, life in jail, jail. <laughs> good morning <laughs> it is the morning <laughs> um but Claire brought me a latte. I did. I brought her a pumpkin spice latte. You're the welcome. best. So once I drink this, I'll be able to speak correctly. <laughs> okay, perfect. Okay. His life in jail. <laughs> um, I'm sure it's really tempting when you have either that option or go for 10 years and we'll let yeah. you out. And yeah. But then you have this um, stigma attached to you the rest of your life. So Right. Yeah. And I... Even if he's exonerated and he's out of prison and all that stuff, that case is going to follow him everywhere. It's just a part of his life now, unfortunately. And I wish it wasn't, but that's just how it goes, I guess. And it sucks. And I know that that happens for a lot of people that are wrongly convicted. And unfortunately, that continues to this day. Wrong convictions. I know. I really want to, like, run into him at a grocery store and, like, give him a big hug. (laughs) Like, are you Tim Masters? Can I... Take give you out for coffee <laughs> and like give you twenty hugs and yes, and just make your life better. I just want to talk to you. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. So if you see Tim Masters, give him a smile. Yeah, give him some warm a fuzzies. High five. Yeah, some 
endorphins. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, so as the trial like finishes and obviously Tim Masters is let go, after that was Broderick or the prosecuting lawyers, did they get in trouble at all? Because they feel so unsatisfied with what happened to them anyway, because they're the ones that messed up this entire like this entire trial, this entire murder investigation. So I feel like in order for justice to really be served, they needed to suffer because of their poor decisions, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> right. You're totally in the right to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Broderick was charged with seven counts of perjury because he lied in a murder trial and ruined someone's life for 10 years. But unfortunately, District Judge James Hartman dismissed the charges due to an issue with the statute of limitations running out. And I don't know about you, Claire, but (laughs) I hate statutes of limitation. Like, just because the statute of limitations runs out doesn't mean you all of of a sudden haven't committed a crime. Oh, I completely agree with you. I I have the most issue with it when it comes to sexual assault cases. cases. yeah. Yeah, because I... I just think that's super irritating, and you, I, we saw that recently with the Kavanaugh um, and like um, swearing in and all that stuff. And I, uh, I followed that really closely, and the statute of limitations on most rape cases, and is isn't it like ten years or something like that? It just depends on the state statute. Yeah, well, with every state, it seems to be way too short, and um, I just don't think it gives women a voice, and I don't, and I think it causes women to not want to come forward with information like that. I'm with you. We also saw it recently in Kavanaugh, but also in the Golden State Killer case. Yes, exactly. Yeah. If you don't know, the Golden State Killer is like one of the, he has like the most victims, I feel (laughs) like. Yeah, he's he's one of the most talked about right now, too. Right. Just because of his. He was captured in Mm -hmm. April. He was captured in this year, early this year. And he had tortured the state of California since the 60s mm-hmm. he was such a awful serial killer <laughs> that he had like four monikers yeah and until they realized it was one guy but exactly. anyways <laughs> he he raped over like 50 women yeah. and a lot of those women now that they finally know who he is which it's joseph d'angelo yes i just like to say his name with a yes. dis- disdain in my voice <laughs> they're not going to get justice fully because a lot of these cases most of them cannot be tried because of the statute of limitations mm-hmm. so they have to get him for like some more recent murders and i mean he's going to go to prison for the rest of his life yeah. that's not the issue Mm-mm. it's just that when you're i'm sure that it hurts when your personal case can't be tried this could be like a two-hour-long conversation. I know. It could be. So, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately, nothing really happened to Broderick other than he, I mean, he was even put on paid administrative leave. So, like, oh, but whatever. if you think about it, the I mean, the people that would have to charge Broderick with a crime is the district attorney's office who hired Jolene Blair and Terrence Gilmore. Right. So, by... Doing anything to Broderick, they in turn have to admit that they had done something wrong as well. And of course, people don't want to do that ever. Right. So that might have been why it didn't really come to fruition. But I did read in a couple places that some people were trying to reinstate the um, perjury charges. But I doubt that they're going to be able to if a judge dismissed them because the statute Mm -hmm. of limitations. Like, that's not the judge wanting to dismiss them. That's the law. Mm -hmm. For Jolene Blair and Terrence Gilmore, the two prosecuting attorneys, 
They had been appointed to judge positions by the time that the convictions were overturned, which, as you know, is an, an appointed and elected position. So they were both appointed by Governor Bill Owens. So you have to, if you don't want a, a judge to be a judge, you have to boot them out through elections. Yeah. Which luckily is what our town did. Yay <laughs> so, for Fort Collins. Yay um, more than 61% of voters cast ballots against Blair, while 62% went against Gilmore. They were also each fined about $1,500. I think one was $1,700 and one was $1,500. But they weren't disbarred or anything like that, which, I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, they yeah. messed up, but I mean. Right, yeah, but like. We don't need to disbar them. No. Mm-hmm. And Jolene actually still practices law here in Fort Collins. She's mm-hmm. an insurance attorney. Which, and okay, I don't want to start rumors because I don't know if this was her intention, but she has a real different hairstyle now. <laughs> Poor thing. So, I know. And I kind of, I do feel bad for the prosecution lawyers in a way because that information was withheld from them as well. Only some. Like only min- some of the only information. Some. Yeah. But like the large pieces of information was withheld from both sides of it, from the defense and from the prosecution. So I would like to see Roderick reprimanded more than the prosecution lawyers reprimanded. And I don't know how much you can say with confidence that they didn't know about the things that they may have claimed not to know about because you cannot prove that they did or didn't really. So exactly. um, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I can't imagine being tasked with prosecuting someone and having a very severe lack of evidence. Like, right. I would have dismissed myself from Mm -hmm. the situation personally, but I know that's probably easier said than done. I still think that what they did was wrong, but I feel for them a little bit as well. Yeah, exactly. And if I don't want to say that the defense attorneys were bad necessarily, but the one piece of evidence that kind of gets me is the or not piece of evidence, but the uh, additional probable suspect, uh, the eye doctor, like that could have been known to anyone. That's not mm-hmm. that was not information that only the prosecution could have found out. Right. Absolutely. And it was still wrong that they didn't tell the defense that they were um, that he was a suspect. Right. But also the defense could have presented that alternate suspect on their own. Absolutely. Which I was also confused about because they didn't present any alternate suspects. Right. They didn't like n- and nothing. He's a very obvious. Al- like, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure. We weren't alive, but if we'd been mm-hmm. watching the news, I'm pretty sure we would have put two and two together. Yeah, like, right. I'm sure like, it's not many super hard. people did. And considering the the like closeness of the location of his house as well, right? Like that just seems like something that you would have looked into, or I would have looked into as a defense lawyer. I mean, it's still illegal that mm-hmm. the prosecution didn't tell the defense, but mm-hmm. but do your research. Also. I mean, yep. And Eric Fisher. The main defense attorney, he's also still practicing criminal defense here in Fort Collins. But mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure he's a really, really great attorney now. He's I'm got sure he a is. lot of experience. Yeah, and exactly. He wasn't a bad attorney then. I, and none of them are bad attorneys. I'm just saying there was a, there's a lot of complex issues in this case. Yeah, exactly. And I couldn't really find anything about Fisher's co-counsel, Nathan Chambers. But mm-hmm. I hope he's doing well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And I think that the jury probably saw a weird guy and they I doubt they were convinced that he committed this crime mm-hmm. but what often happens in cases like this and probably what happened here is that the jury was like well we have a duty to not let this guy out and yeah. we're going to 
not let this guy out. Even though we aren't fully convinced that he committed this crime, he's weird, he's creepy, he's probably done some other crime or will do a different crime is probably what they were thinking. So yeah, I don't want to blame them too much either, except for that I do because they're yeah. awful. But I know, but also, they were, I see very well manipulated with the thousand right. pieces of evidence of creepy pictures. I mean, that were definitely, yeah, again, more prejudicial <laughs> than probative. Of course. But, uh, you know, like if I sat on that jury, right. I could be not knowing, probably. Yeah, not knowing the background, not knowing the full story, and hearing from the prosecution that this guy that I'm seeing before me, and of course, you can say that he was 15 when he committed something, but the physical traits of a person when they're sitting in who's front of you. served in the Navy. Yes, someone who's clearly large and who looks intimidating. That's all That's all creepy, and I don't know. It, I, I, I may or may not have been, I, may, I probably would have been convinced. Humans are visual people. We are, yes. And this was a, they had thousands of visual representations of look how scary this guy is. Do mm-hmm. you really want to let this guy walk the streets of your community? Right. And here in Fort Collins, we're a small, close knit, safe community. So mm-hmm. I can see how these, this jury was probably like, we can't let this guy out because yeah, right. if he goes and murders someone, I'm going to feel like really bad. Yes, of but course. You cannot convict someone of a crime because they creep you out. Yes, exactly. You cannot convict someone based off of circumstantial evidence. And I said it earlier, I'll say it again, the system failed Tim Masters and you said it earlier, the system failed Peggy Hatrix. Regardless, everyone's eyes are finally off of Tim and now it is technically a cold case. We pretty much know that it was not the gross eye doctor because of the DNA The only reason he even comes up in this case is that he did not serve 10 years in prison for this crime, and he was way more of a viable suspect than Tim. I don't think he should have been convicted for it either. I mean, he didn't do it. Clearly. But but. it's just, he comes up because it was so obvious and just, that's awful. Yeah. But he didn't do this crime, we're pretty sure. As for Zollner, I could not find anything indicating that anything new has come about regarding him even though his DNA is, like, on her, her underwear. Mm-hmm. But we will be sure to let you know in the future if anything surfaces. Yeah, we'll update. If I'm any, sure people are out. trying to build a case against him. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. I know it, right? Jeez. I actually think he still lives in Fort Collins and just tries to, like... Be under the be, radar. Be under the radar, yeah. What a creeper. Okay. <laughs> this is not reassuring at all. Okay. I mean, though, I guess... The the DNA on the jacket, I be, I can get behind. Like I said earlier, they were dancing. The DNA on the underwear, I'm I kind of can't get behind, but I could also believe a scenario in which they maybe went into the bathroom at the bar and had right. a fun time. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> yeah. So it's all speculation, and it's and it's it's all hearsay. And unfortunately, for the DNA in the underwear, it's circumstantial evidence because mm-hmm. they were. In fact, in each other's company before her body was found. So it's plausible to think that his DNA would show up on her body, just like you said, like they were dancing and the jacket. And yes, people do it in the bathroom sometimes. (laughs) So I... I haven't like ruled him as like the number one suspect, but he's the only suspect they have. That makes sense. That makes sense, exactly. So this is a lead they should have pursued years ago. And... 
it's just frustrating that they aren't even like doing anything about it now. Like they don't even really know where he's at or anything like that. So, well, they did pursue it, but all they like they interviewed him. De- they definitely were like, "Who was she dated recently? Let's look mm-hmm. into that." Right, absolutely. And- Which is an angle we should all look into. <laughs> yeah, it's always the boyfriend or the <laughs> yes, husband. Always. Or- oh my god, or the wife. Like or that's the- yeah, that's who it is. Anyway, but and when that happened, he was just like, yeah, I was at the bar with someone else and I saw her. And that's the extent of what he knew. So, I mean, maybe he lied about having sex with her that night and that put him in this pickle that he's in now. Yeah, geez. <laughs> but Or maybe he murdered her. Don't know. I don't know. But see, if he had just come forward and said, yeah, I didn't yeah. want to talk about it, but yes, we did hook up in the bathroom. That should have been the first thing he told police yes. in 1987. You don't hide anything from the police. Even as gross as it is or as weird as it is, you need to make sure that you tell them the total truth or else you're going to look really suspicious. Because yep. there's going to be evidence of that on the body. I'm just saying. If you have sex with someone and the next day they're mutilated naked bodies found in a field, tell someone you had sex with them. I don't care if they're looking <laughs> into you as like, a suspect or not. Them. Come forward with that. Yeah, absolutely. That way it's out there and you came forward with it before. Before they had to question yeah. you about it and they had to press it out of you. We're, we're talking like everyone listening <laughs> like, is like, like murdered someone and we're giving, right? them advice. giving them advice. But seriously though, just... Like, if any <laughs> advice comes out of this, tell the police the total truth, even if it's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to tell them some gross stories. <laughs> Before we wrap up, I do want to sort of back up and remember that while this case mostly centers around Tim Masters and the horrible treatment he had to endure, all of this started because an innocent woman was murdered viciously. Right. And although it will be really difficult Tim to move on from this, like no amount of appeals or hearings or anything like that can bring Peggy back. And I just want to, when we're discussing this case, I just think it's important to remember that a really great woman who, I mean, if you watch the, any of the specials on this, her brother just is, he's in a lot of them and he just talks about how she loved to travel and how outgoing she was and how she loved, you know, like starting in new places and just oh. having a fun time. And she was a really free spirit and mm-hmm. beautiful and had so much going in her life. And it, it ended when she was in her 30s. That's not OK. And as much as this case sucks for Tim, sucks for her more. Yeah. Like Peggy is. She's not coming is, back. Yeah. Peggy is who we're. Who we need to talk about. Like right. She's she's the person that lost her life in this whole thing, and it's horrible, and her memory needs to be respected. I just, it's always sad to see someone lose their life, especially in their prime. Like, everybody always says your 20s are your prime, but no, it's your 30s. Your Thir- 30s what is the 30, 30 flirty and thriving? <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, so lame. Let's never do that again. Let's never do that. Please. Oh, I love oh. that movie, though. <laughs> I said I dropped an F-bomb. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're so inappropriate. I know. I'm horrible. But, like, yeah, that that's true. And I, I feel like Peggy did get a little bit lost in the case just because Tim Masters ultimately was the sufferer afterwards. Mm-hmm. And um, But this case is still a cold case, and we're still looking for her killer. Mm-hmm. So and let's it's been, give some justice to yeah, Peggy. Yeah, let's, let's give some justice to Peggy. Tim has gotten his, and it's time for Peggy to get hers. And 
I mean, I don't want it to take away from Tim. No, I don't want to like Tim's because, important too. But and like, I think at the, the reason time. everyone focuses on him is like he's like she's dead. We can't do anything about it, and no. he's the one that like we can do something about. So I think that's why the story and the conversation mostly surrounds him. But um, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> just wanted to, you know, let's pause for a moment and have good thoughts about her. Okay. <laughs> just a moment. <laughs> All right. So cold case, murderers out there. If you live in Fort Collins, be safe because there's a murderer out there. <laughs> yeah. Oh my I mean, I don't know if he's in Fort Collins but or like, she, but. Yeah, right. But there's a murderer out there. So. Oh, I also wanted to mention that um, I, if you want to get more of a a sort of in-depth look at this case, Erin Udell, who is my favorite reporter <laughs> over at the Colorado Inn, which is our big newspaper in the town, she has a podcast about this too and has a lot of articles where she interviews people in our community. And it's just really interesting to see what everyone here thinks because murders like this don't happen here. No, Fort Collins is a very safe little place. So... When something like this happens, the local community is affected almost directly, even if they didn't know her. Everybody feels it. Yeah. yeah. And even if, like, you didn't know her, you probably saw her walking around town. Like, it's not that big of a town. So, no. um, But her podcast is called The People Versus Masters, and it's really awesome. Yep. So that's the last episode for this season. Woo. I'm glad we got to talk about Peggy, and I hope that justice comes from this eventually and again we'll update you if, if it does and we're still podcasting <laughs> yes we will um thank you for listening to killer vibes we will be dropping season two before christmas break so only a couple months and if you have any suggestions about which cases you would like for us to cover let us know because we love all murder cases yes, all of them we and we'll them research any of them <laughs> yes and if you have a really big serial killer case that you'd like us to dive into we'd so be down to do that as well um so just hit us up drop us a line <laughs> comment like subscribe i don't know just get in contact with us <laughs> <laughs> can you subscribe to a podcast yeah isn't that what you do <laughs> We're so knowledgeable. I know. Uh, can you tell we're first timers here? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for thanks listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.